All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin. All Things Black presents Fanboys. This is our daily, I'm not daily, Jeez, it should I'm be daily. This every day. This is our weekly, weekly podcast where we talk about sports from a fan's perspective. I'm Calvin. On the other side is my man, Garland. Yo! How things going, Garland? Things are well, man. Great week. Uh, I was traveling for work. I was in the Windy City of Chicago uh, for three days. I got in a Cubs game. So it's first time ever going to Wrigley Field, which was an adventure. Uh, it's a great stadium. I mean, it's quite old. I mean, the seats were made for people, I guess, from the 1920s who had small hips. And so, <laughs> you know, you kind of had to sit a little sideways. You had some obstructive views and whatnot, but it was a beautiful atmosphere, man. And, you know, you talk about Camden Yards is beautiful because, you know, you have the downtown skyline in Baltimore. Well, they have a similar type skyline in um, Chicago, that's the north side. And, oh, man, just you're, you find yourself more looking outside of the stadium. And, you know, they have the uh, stands on top of the buildings outside of the stadium. It seemed like it was more people sitting outside on the roofs versus that were in the game. They played Cincinnati. It, it was a terrible game. I mean, but <laughs> um, I wasn't paying any attention to the game. You know, it was just there for the fellowship and stuff. And um, we had a good time, man. So uh, Chicago, uh, I had no complaints. Down there looking for for uh, Lynn Waitman and yeah, I thought, hey bro, <laughs> I I thought I saw Bakari on the subway back to <laughs> the hotel. It was funny. We got on the subway. The northern part of Chicago, the north side, is the majority uh, white neighborhoods, and then as you start to head south, it becomes blacker. And so <laughs> when we first got on the train, you know, it was a whole bunch of people coming from the game. So you know, white people. And man, as we start to get closer to downtown, <laughs> rough. <laughs> Thought I was on the movies, Warriors. This, this dog, it looked like it was a mix of a pit and a boxer. And I don't know what it was. They looked so mean. All of a sudden, he got on the train. I'm like, hold up. Did he pay I for a tip? You saw that on my, on my, in my timeline? Yeah. I was like, did, did he pay for a pitch? I mean, did he pay for uh, a ticket to get on the subway? Somebody came through selling loud. So I was like, yeah, we definitely ain't in the white neighborhood anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, Chicago, an experience. But their transportation system way better than Baltimore. So. Man, I, so I've been having this conversation for years that uh, Baltimore transportation is terrible. To be a Sucks. big city, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, to be a major city, you, you literally, I mean, we have the subway, but the subway is going from Owens Mills to Johns Hopkins. That's what a of quarter right. of the city and it's only one way um the, then we got the light rail that goes from hunt valley to a little past Glen Burnie. again that's only one way like it we just the, the city doesn't connect you have to get on mta which would be fine if it ran on time and you know it's right. just our transportation our public transportation is terrible yeah um it's it's uh funny you went to chicago i think when i went to miami i forgot to tell you that i went to a marlins game um, oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Marlins Stadium um, is is actually really nice. It's small. 
um, you know, you, when you in it, you can see how small it is. And then mm-hmm. I looked it up and their capacity is a lot smaller than Camden Yards. But it's actually a really nice stadium. Apparently, and I didn't see this, they have a pool that you can swim in while the games are going on. So that wow. I didn't know. But they do have, there's a small section of, there's a concession stand that's like, I guess it's for the pores because you know how much food and drink are at the stadium. This place, I got like two hot dogs, a can of uh, beer, and a soda or something. It was less than $20. Wow. They got a little, yeah. I mean, the hot dogs are small, of course. You know, they look like little boiled hot dogs that we were boiling. The, the beer was some sort of um, stadium brand beer, but whatever. Whatever. Right. right. You know, and there you can actually also order from your seat. Um, and then go pick it up. So you can order from the seat and then go pick it up. So oh, and and the good thing is they were playing the Atlanta Braves, the defending champion. So I got to see uh, oh, so it was a good Ronald game. Ronald Jr. Yeah, and it was actually a pretty good game. The Marlins lost, but it was actually a pretty good game. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So you know, I know we got some other sports things to talk about, but um, I need to go to Chicago. I've been needing to. Do yeah, that. Chicago. Hey, man, we did it all. Had deep dish. Yeah, you gotta go. Did you get the popcorn? The uh... I did not. I did not get any Garrett's uh, popcorn. That's, I did not. Yeah, I, I didn't make it to the uh, fried chicken spot, Harold's, and stuff. Um, but yeah, we we did get the deep dishes. Matter of fact, when we got there on Wednesday, that was after we dropped off the uh, bags at the hotel and checked in. We went and found the deep dish spot, and so yeah, yeah that's we, what's we up. Right off the bat, that's what's up. Michelle that's Obama up. was in. Um... DC yeah, I saw this, her. You you missed you missed her over there, you know. Yeah, I saw her. she had the uh, anyway. she had the yeah right. She had the box of braids in. I'm like Michelle. She just like I'm out the White House. I, I'm like, <laughs> did she go over her girlfriend house? And you know, because there's always some one woman that does them, you know, that you know, and you be there for five hours. Like, did she go over her girl house and sit on the floor and uh, listen to? Listen to some uh Bilal while she was getting her hair done. I don't know. Probably over there talking shit about Melania. Right. These these little hoes. I'm I'm in charge in this house. <laughs> anyway, man, let's, let's, let's jump into it. So uh, the people are sitting here like, so we want to talk about some. Yeah, music. right. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and so uh, you know, uh last night we saw Francis uh TFO. Uh, in the uh, U.S. Open uh, semifinals, and uh, the Orioles have been stumbling a little bit uh, in the wild card race, but uh, they redeemed themselves last night. Also, there's some new rules that are coming out for the 2023 season, and, you know, we had the season opening for the NFL. Football is back, and so the Rams uh, lost to the Bills, and the Ravens on Friday, they failed to meet the uh, extension deadline for Lamar, and, you know, we're going to also predict uh, choose some games for the first week. And so let's go ahead and start with the U.S. Open. And, um, you know, we've been treated to some great tennis. I, I can't say that I'm necessarily a big, big tennis fan, but uh, the the play of several African-American players have really caught the attention of uh, people. And so uh, we saw, you know, um, Serena go out uh, in her last, possibly last game or last match, uh, and she lost in the second round. And then uh, Coco Goff, she made it as far as the uh, fourth round, and uh, she lost. But 
one of the uh, biggest stories was uh, a young guy by the name uh, Francis Tiafo. And uh, Francis Tiafo, uh, he lost in a thrilling, as a matter of fact, I was watching some of this uh, on my way back from Chicago on the plane. Uh, he lost to uh, Carlos uh, Alcaraz uh, in the uh, semifinals after a five-set um, very back-and-forth match. And so uh, it was very high-level, high-energy, a lot of back-and-forth. And, forth. and um, one sequence was so stuffed with, you know, what and how moments uh, that both men are uh, doing the uh, game during the at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Spectators were on their feet before it was over and remain there clapping and, you know, uh, just a, a lot of things going on. And so uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who was uh, ranked, he had the third seed in uh, the tournament, uh, and he's only 19. He ended uh, Tiafo's run at Flushing Metal. Tiafo, he got to the semis uh, by beating uh, Rafael Nadal. Uh, he won a thrilling five-set uh, semifinal, 6-7, uh, 6-3, and uh, 6-3 last night. And so I don't know if you got a chance. I know you were out smoozing with the uh, missus last night. I don't know if you got a chance to uh, look at the match. And I, let me give a little background on Tiafo. Uh, he's from uh, Maryland. Uh, he was, grew up in uh, Prince George's County. And uh, his parents immigrated from Sierra Leone. His father immigrated uh, to the U.S. in 1993, and then his mother came in 1996 to escape the uh, civil war in their country. And then 1999, his father began working as a day laborer on a construction crew that built the Junior Tennis Champion Center in College Park. And when the facility was completed, he was hired as the uh, on-site custodian, and he was given a spare office to live in at the center. And so Francis and his twin brother, Franklin, lived with their father at the center for five days a week for the next 11 years. And they took advantage of uh, their living situation to start playing tennis regularly at the age of four. And they stayed with their mother when she was not working night shifts as a nurse. And so Tiafo has been uh, coming through the uh, junior circuit. I believe he broke into the top 100 in uh, 2016. In uh, 2019, at the Australian Open, he reached the quarterfinals. And, of course, he reached the semifinals uh, in the uh, current U.S. Open. And so, you know, any thoughts about uh, the match last night or Tiafo or what we're seeing in terms of, although we don't have a lot, we do have a good handful of African-American players in tennis, mostly female. Uh, but in terms of male, I, I, you know, I think this is probably one of the most successful ones we've seen maybe in the last couple of years. Yeah, man. Um, first of all, he's from Hyattsville. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. So I, I believe he is the first to make it to the semifinals since um, Arthur Ashe. So, wow. um, you know, we've, we've had James Blake um, that I can recall. But right. just the fact that I can recall that we've had James Blake is not a good sign. Um, and we also know that. That was a while was ago. Yeah, we also know he had some um, police troubles with some profiling and shit. So, right. but anyway, um, no, nah, man. So it's it's good to see he actually has some swag. You saw him um, mm -hmm. doing a little dance after he won his match to get into the semifinals. I wish he would have been able to uh, make it to the finals, but no, it's it's promising. And like you said, we have um, a few African Americans there, mostly women. But if we can get some more men in there, that'd be great. Um, so we can stop hearing about the the dolls and the uh, all those common dudes that we constantly hear about. 
but I want everybody to recognize the the small flex that you threw in there. Um, how you were watching some of it on the plane when you come back. See, Southwest <laughs> don't have TVs, and I personally don't have a phone that has a uh, sky package. So you know, I would Bro. have to have landed before I could watch. But you know, we see. The Bro, stop, we man! Southwest has free Wi-Fi. And they offer free channels. Uh, if you, you know, you can hook up your phone through that. And so that's what I did, brother. I, I was watching on free with some free little, the little peanuts in the in the cup of soda they give you. That they ain't even going to save you from choking. I'm like, y'all don't, you're not going to give me the can? They gave me a sip of soda with melted ice and um, them dry uh, peanuts and, and, and um, pretzels. So I, I made it through it. But uh, a couple uh, different things from the match, man. That match. Uh, was uh, one of the longest matches in open history. They played five hours, 15 minutes. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it was four hours and 19 minutes uh, on Friday. So that was one of the, the second longest match or one of the four longest matches in open history. Um, they had eight tiebreakers, which was won by uh, Tiafo and... Um, yeah, that, so it was super long. Like I said, when I, I my flight was delayed, and so uh, by about an hour and a half or so, when I got on the plane, they were, I think they were not at five five in the first set, and by the time they landed, I mean they were just getting to the third set, and then when I got home, I I, I kind of Tiafo he kind of got a little slow in the middle of it. Um, Alcaraz took like two straight sets and he was up and I was like, well, you know, it was a nice little run and went ahead and went to sleep. And I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, my God, he battled back and got that fourth set. So it had to go to five. And so I, I think it's great for tennis. I think it's, you know, maybe this will be uh, the next inspiration for more African-American kids getting into the sport. You know, he's a big uh, D.C. sports fan. Bradley Beal was at the game last night. Um you know, he, uh, he, a couple other uh, luminaries was out there. Michelle Obama was out there as well with her boxer braids in. And so, um, yeah, you know, he, 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 he uh, I, I hope he, he just continues along with that success. And, you know, these are the children of Venus and Serena in, in terms of like Coco and Tiafo. And so, you know, I, I wish them the best in their future endeavors. And so uh, it's great to see that run. Now let's go ahead and transition over to baseball. Let's talk about our O's. And uh, they stumbled a little bit, man. They got a little spanky spanky from uh, the Blue Jays. As we talked last week, we were saying that this Blue Jay series was very vital. They went into it being about two and a half back, and they uh, promptly lost two or four games. And uh, they won last night against the Red Sox, uh, three to two, but... Uh, that Blue Jays series, they lost the last game to the Athletics uh, going into that series. And then uh, the although they had some timely hitting, the thing that had been carrying them most of the season, which was the pitching, uh, did not come through as much as it did earlier uh, in a couple series before that. As a matter of fact, you saw your boy Brandon Hyde. He really, really got aggressive in the only game that they won against the Blue Jays, 9-6. I mean, he almost brought in uh the closer <laughs> in the second inning he was that aggressive that he brought in his setup uh dylan tate in in the fourth inning and so they were really trying to right the ship 
they came they although they won that game they came back the next day they lost four to one but last night they won three to two right now they're nine and a half games uh back in the division uh you know they they have the uh it's the red sox and then they go play the yankees in the wild card let's see where they are in the wild card they're four games back in the wild card uh, behind the Mariners who are still playing hot baseball. And so uh, what do you think about our O's? Yeah, man. Um, I, I was, once they lost both games of the doubleheader, I was like, oh my gosh. Now let's make no mistake. And I actually watched the first game of the doubleheader. Um, let's make no mistake. The Toronto Blue Jays can play some ball. Yeah. They hit that ball. Um, and, and it just it was just overwhelming. Now the Orioles have been doing well against the Blue Jays this year, but it was just a little overwhelming um, that doubleheader, especially coming off all, winning all these series. And and you go, you have Toronto coming right in there. Um, they did win that third game, as as we said, and we wanted them to win that fourth game so they could at least leave out of the series the way they went into the series with the games behind Toronto. Because you got to beat Toronto. Um, Toronto has been on a roll fucking uh uh rays have been on a roll the mariners yeah. have been on the roll you know what i mean if we were anywhere else we may have uh, we may be a little further along but four games out with i believe less than 25 games remaining it, it's uh it's it feels it feels tough but i'm still proud of the orioles you know to come back and beat boston last night um, hopefully they can win this series because they just got to keep winning series. Then you got to go to the Yankees, and the Yankees haven't been playing so well, so you never know right. what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's it's like that they're, they're right there, they're right at the precipice. And I remember I kept saying, "Now is the time," and um, they're actually playing well. My now is the time was you know giving up the house. Let's get some people in there. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe if we don't do it this year, you know what? I'm not even going to speak that into existence. Let's keep rolling. You know what I mean? Let's win the series from Boston and move on and see what else we can do. But yeah, I'm still proud of my Orioles, but that Toronto losing three out of four was tough. Really yeah. Tough. Shout out to Calvin T for using that big word precipice, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Orioles, uh, big problem is the road. I, I think they're 32 yeah. and 37 on the road. They're 41 and 28 at home. And so, you but know, that road uh, record, that road record is actually a lot better than it was like beginning of the season. It sure. was even worse than that. Sure. Sure. But, uh, you know, they face going to DC after this uh, Boston series at home. Then they go down to DC for two games. That, that's just a that's just like being home. But then you go to Toronto for uh, three away games. So, again, we got Toronto coming up. And then, you know, uh, you come back home for a nice little home stand with Detroit. And then you have uh, Houston uh, for four games. And then you go back on the road for seven games, Boston and New York. And then you close with Toronto. And so we're going to need to see a lot of movement above us. And we're going to have to start winning some of these games. I mean, we can't really drop any more series. Yeah, and now these division games are even more important because yeah. um, these teams, the Torontos, the Rays, um, the Red Sox are slightly behind us in the wild card, but even those in the Yankees. So, you know, when, you're win when you win one game, you actually gain two games on anyone that's above you. Um, you know what I mean? So you win the game and they get a loss, so you're really gaining two games there. And 
that's why that losing three out of four against Toronto hurt so bad. Yeah. What do you think about Hyde? You know, uh, although we talked about last week, you know, there was some thought of, and, and I still think he wins manager of the year. I, I don't care what happens for the next uh, rest of the season. I mean, he took a team. I think the highest projected win total for the Orioles were, it was at least 70, maybe under 70. So he took this team. He has them in the wild card race for the last spot. Although some of his decisions have been a little iffy, the doubleheader, people were a little itchy about his uh, pitching changes and all in that, you know, really for the second game in a doubleheader, they were not necessarily seemed like they were ready for that in terms of their pitching lineup. Uh, people are kind of wondering his decisions about where he's going to play Gunnar Henderson. Why is he moving him all over the field? He's at shortstop one game and then he's at second another game. And then he's, you know, over here. Now, he, he, I think he's come up as the third baseman. I mean, I know you have uh, Mateo at short and he's your best defensive shortstop. There's, uh, he should be there. But for me, uh, Rufnet Odor or uh third baseman um they could either one of them they should be plat uh platooning at least second base or third base and you should go ahead and give one of those spots right to gunner henderson i mean uh, you need to just go ahead and put him where he's going to play and let him stay there maybe moving him around might affect his game so i think uh what brandon Hyde is doing is because you know gunner is the youngest player in baseball right now okay i think he's taking that youth of his and, and, you know, just – and, of course, this is on a much smaller scale. But being um, a softball coach, I used to do the same thing. The young boys, put them anywhere, just run them around, you know what I mean, see what they right. can do until they get um, completely acclimated. Um, but <clears throat> you're actually right. Um, along with those pitching changes in the second game, that first game, um, Gunnar Henderson actually contributed a lot to that loss. He made two errors at second base um, that could have changed the entire scope of the game. Um, and those two errors resulted in like three or four runs in one of those innings. Um, but as far as Brandon High goes, you know, and I'm a little hard on him, you know, only because I'm a, I'm a fan and I want him to be perfect. Uh, but what I will say is um, where I wanted him to be a little more conservative towards the middle of the season when we started seeing that, you know, we were rising and we had a chance. Um, now that we're towards the the uh, evening of the evening of this season, bruh, I keep taking them chances. I have no issues with it. We have nothing to lose at this point, you know. Just keep taking them chances. Um, you you've gotten the team ready, and 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 I will say, losing that last game against um, the A's and those first those two games in the doubleheader, those three in a row, it wasn't even the losses it was the scores they got shut out in oakland that i mean in baltimore that last game i mm -hmm. think they collectively may have scored six runs while giving up probably um double digits in the doubleheader games like those games were ugly you know what i mean like right. they weren't even they weren't even close so you know sometimes it's on the it's on the players too you know you can do everything you can do but sometimes it's on the players but I'm not mad at Brandon. I want him to keep taking chances because I want us to win. You know, like right. they said in Major League, win, win the whole thing, win the whole thing, win the whole thing. And so, um, so the O's, as they would say, you know, let's throw out the hot take. They got their work cut out for them, 
And so um, we'll see what goes on with these uh, series. A lot of AL East is how the schedule has been designed, really to end up the season in the division. And these games, every game from here on out, really has a lot of um, carried a lot of weight. And it's going to make a major determination of if they get that last wild card or not. And we need some of these teams up at the top to kind of start losing some games as well. Now, Major League Baseball, as being reported by Jeff Passan from ESPN, has passed a sweeping set of rule changes it hopes will fundamentally overhaul the game, voting Friday to implement a pitch clock and ban defensive shifts in 2023 to uh, move the game's pace along and to increase action. The league's uh, competition committee composed of six ownership-level representatives, four players, and one umpire approved a pitch clock of 15 seconds with empty bases and 20 seconds with runners on, a defensive alignment that must include two infielders on each side of the second-base bag with both feet on the dirt as well as rules limiting pickoff moves and expanding the size of bases. Uh, the vote was not uh, unanimous. The uh, player representatives voted no on the shift in the pitch clock portions of the changes. Now, this has been tested in the minor leagues over the last couple seasons, and uh, the pitch clock, when strictly enforced, has significant, significantly accelerated the speed of games. Uh, minor league games this season have consistently clocked in at under two hours and 30 minutes, a time seen by many as ideal and the average game times have settled a little over it. And so the rule is strict. The catcher must be in position when the uh, timer hits 10 seconds. The hitter must have both feet in the batter's box and be alert at the eight-second mark. And the pitcher must start his motion to pitch by the ex expiration of the clock. A violation by the pitcher is an automatic ball. One by the hitter constitutes an automatic strike. Now, the banning of defensive shifts which uh, was once a fringe strategy, but has now become a normal occurrence and uh, really affects a lot of left-hand hitters. As a matter of fact, I think um, uh, Crash Davis for the Orioles, I mean, it, I think it basically ended his career outside of him just striking out uh, all the time. But um, the shift really uh, affected his play is among the most extreme versions, uh, preventing defensive player movement in multiple directions with all four infielders needing to be on the dirt the days of the four outfield setup will be over even more pertinent shifting the infielder to play short right field or simply over shifting three infielders to the right side of the second base bag will no longer be legal and so what do you think about these uh rule changes Calvin? um side note so chris davis uh, he might have ended his career because of that, but he got his money and he was just a bum. Oh, but, um, did, he, did he not? Any, mm -hmm. Anyway, um, as far as the shift goes, I'm glad they're going to, uh, you know, adjust that. Uh, we we tell infielders when we play softball, stay on the dirt, you know what I mean? Stay right. on the dirt. Um, they shift in the softball, they shift in the little league, but I'm glad that's going to be over because you know when you have your when you have your own team up and let's say your left hand is up and you got runners in scoring position it's almost like a, i don't know what the percentage is but it just feels like it's going to be an automatic out um you know I, I just i hate it but i'm glad they're changing that the pitch clock is definitely needed right. i'm just concerned on how they're going to enforce it in this first season because you know they they have to get used to it um you know is there 
I don't want there to be any inconsistencies. You know, that's another thing that the umpire can control. And we really need to get the umpires out of the game as much as we can because they're they're affecting too many games with their bad calls. Um, but I'm, I'm all for the pitch clock. Um, I'm all for rule changes that are going to make the game faster because unlike football and basketball, which football is averaging somewhere around three hours, but it's constant action. Baseball is stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I also think is this the, is next season, the season that they are opening up the American and national league and they're stopping so many um, division games and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, actually, every team plays each other once, but then they're going back to the schedule of mostly focusing on teams, games in your division, games in your and uh, respective leagues. Yeah, but it's it's definitely not as many because these yeah. mm-hmm. these Boston, these Red Sox, these Yankees, these. Toronto, these uh, race series kill Baltimore. They kill us. And unlike the Terps, we can't just leave the ACC and jump into the Big Ten. Right. Yes, that, that's a shot. That's a shot at you, <laughs> Maryland. I love Maryland, but I was I always look forward to beating up on Duke in North Carolina, even right. if it wasn't as often as we'd like it to be. Two you wins. Ran. You, ran. <laughs> you ran. My Terps ran. <laughs> Ran to the Big Ten. They saw that check. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> the money is, I ain't mad at you. But you, you hurt the football team by doing that. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, they ain't winning those. They're, they're yeah. going to the <laughs> weed polling, the weed eater bowl. You, you help you help the basketball program, which is your bread and butter. But they're going to the, to the pink up. rose bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Adam and Eve Adult Products. <laughs> Bruh, you ain't lying. I mean, anyway, 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 back to baseball. But yeah, um, so I'm all for the rule changes, but I'm really for those schedule changes. Um, so once I read that, that, you know, it won't be as many games, I was like, you know, that that makes it, number one, it makes it more interesting. You know, you, you would like to see, well, geez, let, let's play the Padres. Let Manny come back to Baltimore. We go sure. out there. Let's play the Dodgers. Let's play the Giants. Let's play the Braves. You know what I mean? Instead of every so often, every few years, we get to get a series with them. Let's play these teams. We would love to see that. Um, you know, you can measure what your team doing against everyone. So let's love to see that. But, um, yeah, I'm for the rule changes, especially the pitching changes. Yeah. I, I, you know, baseball is it, it's not a game to be timed. You know, if if you're a baseball fan, you understand this, that it's a it's a slow game. And in today's sports world where uh, we have so much media and so much focus on different sports that are competing for people's time, people want things to move quicker now in order to hold the attention of the viewer as we go forward, like for my father and maybe even for our generation or our uncles or our parents, you know, that generation, you just went to the game and you knew you were going to be there three hours, <laughs> you know, you, at least, at least. And so you were not in a rush to get through the game to get to something else or uh, you turned on the game. You knew it was going to be a long time so you could change to another channel and then come back and it only be another inning later. But, you know, with as we head into society and um, you're trying to recruit younger audience, 
you realize that you gotta you gotta speed this up because the attention span for watching stuff is is shorter than it was for generations before that and so yeah seeing the increase yeah I, sometimes i don't want to see these four hour marathon yankee uh, red sox games you know it's nothing to be uh, for that game to be on fox or espn you can go out and come back and it, you might have watched that third inning, and by the time you come back to it two hours later it's only the bottom of the fourth and so that's you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's yeah. too much. I, um, so our normal routine when we go to Camden Yards is we'll go um, sit in the seats for the first and second inning, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, then we'll get up and we'll go out and eat and drink and, you know, just sit just sit down and relax inside and chill and watch it on TV, get as much food, beer, whatever we want. Then we go back to the seats around the sixth, maybe the seventh inning and watch the rest of the game. Like, you know, like you said, it's like a whole day. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it just feels like a, an entire event, which when you're at the game, it goes a little faster, but it's still, you know, you just, you break it up. Um, so yeah, that's our normal routine anyway. And watching it on TV, like I said, I watched um, game one of that Toronto doubleheader the other night, but I was actually working. So I just had it on my phone, a, you know, below my monitor and was just watching it that way. But I don't watch baseball much on TV until we get to the later innings. Right. Because it's just long. It's just long. long. So long. You know what? I was thinking about some, uh, one of the rule changes I did not mention is they're making the bases a little bit bigger and all. And this is to cut down on collisions there. So they're going to increase the base size from uh, 15 to 18 inches square. Has that and been a problem? Uh, obviously it has been, you know, people coming in to wipe out people at second, you know, and they start these little fake baseball fights where nobody swings and all those things. And so, um, they should do like we did in softball. They should have the double first base. <laughs> the safety bag. The safety bag. The if safety you ever bag. played uh softball, they have what we call the safety bag. You know, it's a double uh, first base. And so, you know, the outside base that's in foul territory is the runners and the inside base is the uh, first basements. And so uh, maybe that a, a cut down. And I think another thing they should add, Calvin, is if you walk a batter and the batter behind them is batting under 230, they should be they should have the option to walk too. like, you know how we when we play co-ed, if you walk a guy, the mm -hmm. woman can walk behind them. I think if you walk the eighth batter, the ninth batter automatically can walk to the next base as well. Well, you know, they did adopt the extra inning softball rule um, in some of the softball sections where in extra innings, you go into extra innings, the last batter of the previous inning goes to second base. So oh, well, yeah, adopt, yeah. Mm -hmm. They did adopt that rule in baseball. Um, they could also do the senior rule, which is there's two home plates. Um, you know, oh the, yeah, I forgot all about that one. Yeah, yeah, so there's absolutely no no type of collision. The runner uses the outside plate, and all you gotta do to get him out is once he crosses that limit line, once he crosses that gun line, the mm -hmm. ball thrown to the catcher, catcher catches it on top of the plate, he's out, no collisions. <laughs> <laughs> they need us on the committee. <laughs> they, they would look at us and be like, uh, like Y'all clearly want to play and right. clearly want to be commissioners of the Legends games. Right. They'd be like, this is not Drew Hill Park. Get out of here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's transition on to the sport that – the only sport that really matters right now, 
It's the NFL, baby. Football is back. And so um, kicked off on Thursday with the Buffalo Bills going to Los Angeles to play the Rams, the defending uh, NFL Super Bowl champions, and the Bills drilled them at uh, what was a close game in the first half. As a matter of fact, ended the half tied 10-10. Bills came out, put the extra little, uh, opened a can of whip whip on them, and uh, wound up winning the game 31 to 10. And so you had a big game by Josh Allen. He passed for 297 yards while accounting for four touchdowns. Uh, Von Miller, he had two of uh, Buffalo's seven sacks. And the Bills stamped themselves as the clear contender for the Rams' crown with that victory. As a matter of fact, as Calvin uh, was uh, joking me, saying that uh, Josh Allen is my favorite quarterback, which is a, <laughs> a, a blatant out-and-out lie, although I did pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they, they started off the season in that fashion. And See, so, now I sent that as a text message. I didn't even let the people know. I ain't let the people know. <laughs> He be slandering, y'all. He be slandering. And so, um, you know, uh, Von Miller looked great. I mean, he looked unblockable. I mean, just coming off that edge. Uh, he had he did two ghost moves where he went under two blockers. And, you know, he was in the backfield. Um, uh, Stafford didn't have a chance. Uh, you know, outside of Cooper Cup, when you really look at that team, Outside of Cup, their wide receivers are kind of mid. And the running back situation is mid as well. Um, that's why they went out and they got the all-star team last year. That's why they traded for OBJ. Uh, that's why they went out and got Von Miller on the defense. They were kind of mid. And Jalen Ramsey, shh, uh, Stefan Diz kind of showed you. Like, you you little boy, he big bro. He big bro, that's your daddy. You, you little son. And, and he your daddy, and uh, he put in that work. And so, um, what, what do you? What were your impressions of the game on Thursday? Man, so that that was, I guess that was the Garland Calvin game because Garland has the Bills winning it all. I had the Rams not winning it all, but coming out of the NFC again as the NFC champion. You do, and that kind of shut me up because. Uh, Man, so I don't know if the Rams are that bad, but I do know that the Bills are that good. So um, let me talk about the Rams real quickly. So, yeah, not having Beckham Jr. right now is hurting them. Um, He's hurt, so eventually I'm sure they're going to re-sign him, especially after this game. Um, Allen Robinson was nowhere to be found. Um, I think he had one catch, and he's supposed to be there number two. Um, but he was nowhere to be found. They also have, I believe his name is Van Johnson. He's out hurt. Yeah. Um, they would use, They started using Higby a lot, their tight end. They started using him a lot, but he's not as consistent. He dropped some easy passes. I mean, they were passes for maybe five or six yards, and it was mostly in junk time when the uh, Bills were playing back. But, you know, you, you can't have that. Um, I've never been huge on Matt Stafford. I've just been huge on the team. Um, the defense looked bad. Uh, they had Daryl Henderson running. We thought they were going to have uh, Cam, but that Cam was coming off of an injury, and they, I don't. I think he didn't. He may have Cam gotten Akers. one or two carries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cam Makers. Um, but yeah, man, the the Rams did not look good. Uh, they did not look good at all. Um, now let's go to the Bills. 
First of all, we've talked about it. Josh Allen is a monster. Thirty-one to ten is actually closer than what it should have been. If right. they don't, if in the first half they don't let the uh, Rams tied up with a couple interceptions, they, they, they might have jumped up to fifty. They might have scored fifty on them. Um, Devin Singletary looked good, but they didn't even need him. I mean, goddamn, Gabe, Gabe, what's his name? Gabe Davis, Gabriel yeah. Davis. What yeah. is this? Killing what him. is this dude? The dude in the playoffs last year, what four touchdowns in one? Yeah, year? Mm-hmm. and he just continued that streak. Um, but I'm with you. I don't know if it was because he was playing his former team, but God damn it, yeah, Von Miller, he looked good. He looked like he was being shot out of a cannon, and the right. word was he's a little older, lost a little step, but he can help you know, kind of just solidify their defense. Help him. He is the defense. And and it was clear how much he meant to the Rams when you saw the Rams defense. Right. Um, yeah, man, Von Miller. Von Miller is, it, I mean, it's game one, it's early, and these are always too early predictions. But Von Miller is the front runner for defensive player of the year. You're giving it to him already? You put him in front him. already? I'm, so do, doesn't the award come out at the beginning of week two? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, then I'll wait. Oh, right, you're going to wait? Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. We're well, going to give out our, our mid-MVPs uh, at, at, at the eight-game, well, actually 17-game, so maybe at the nine-game mark we're going to talk about uh, mid-season MVPs and all. But I, I agree with you. He looked great in that game. Um, I, I was getting into a little uh, text war with one of my boys talking about Cooper Cup. I like Cooper Cup. He had 13 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. But to me, he's kind of like a stat hoe. I mean, it's not, it's nothing there. There's no one else there to get the ball. And so, yeah, he gets a lot of targets. But I think there's a, it's a handful of receivers that, are, are kind of better than Cooper Cup. Uh, so I'm gonna have to push back with you on that. Cooper okay. Cup is special, man. Um, if you if you've so last year, if you even think about last year, they had um, Beckham was there. Uh, well, they also had what's his name that got hurt. Um, he's not with them anymore. He's with the yeah. Team. I, I um, forget his name, but go but ahead. Um, I, yeah, man, Cooper Cup is a. So Cooper Cup is one of them. You you remember how Danny Amendola, Edelman, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. how they That's would be able me to of. come across the middle. But see, also what Cooper Cup can do is stretch the field. See, Cooper Cup has it has both, and he has hands, and he has rack. I mean, the yards after the catch. Did you see the one pass he caught? And he made all of them miss, and he just was moving. I, Cooper Cup is special, man. I you. He's yeah, good. I, He's I, real I good. I agree with you on, He's on real good. this one. I, I think that – I don't know if there's a handful of receivers better than him, but I'm going to say Cooper Cup is it's definitely top five receiver in the league. Cooper Cup is special, man. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way he's a stat hole is if you're playing fantasy football because then yep. you always get numbers. Yeah. You're getting numbers on him. But the You're going to get numbers play. on him. You got him in fantasy football, he's going to give you numbers. Yeah, but I, I, I can play, man. He can play. But I, these are the re- receivers I said that were better. Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, Devontae Adams with the Raiders, Stephon Diggs with the Bills, Tyreek Hill with the Dolphins. That's at least four receivers 
that are better than Cooper Cup. And hey, if AB wasn't crazy as batshit, I would put him above Cooper Cup as well. Um, I'm going to give AB and Cooper Cup about the same, but I'm going to drop Tyreek Hill down behind both of them. Tyreek Hill, to me, is all speed. So Tyreek Hill loses that speed. If you actually watch Tyreek Hill, he drops some balls every now and then. He, he drops some passes. Yeah, every once in a blue moon. Um, but he's all speed. Now, I'm going to give you Devontae. Devontae's the best, the, the best mm-hmm. receiver in the game. Like, it's not even close. Um, Justin Jefferson, I want him to give me another season of what he did last year, then I can put him there. Because if you're going to put Justin Jefferson there, then you're going to have to put um, uh, my guy from uh, Jamar Chase there. Um, yeah, I, I almost put Jamar Chase in yeah, you have to I want to see there, another season of Jamar Chase. In there, mm-hmm. but because they, they both have the same sample size. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, like I said, I'm going to drop him. Devontae, yes. Stephon Diggs, I'll even give you that. Um, okay. the, the only thing that I would pushback against Stefan Diggs is the thing that you did give uh, Cooper Cooper a little credit for was that he's the only weapon. Yeah. Stephon Diggs doesn't get as many looks because there's more weapons. There's more you know weapons. I mean? and Josh Buffalo. Allen is a better quarterback. But yeah, I'll give you Stefan Diggs because even in Minnesota, um, Stefan Diggs was better than Adam Thielen to me, but he left that. And that's why he wanted to go because they were treating him like he was worse than Adam Thielen. So. Right. Right. Um, but no, I, so the ones that you put in front of him, you know, with the exception of Tyreek, in my opinion, I'll give you, but that's what I mean. I think he's top five in the league. Um, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a stat up. I think the boy is just, he's a player, man. He can play. He can play. He gets open. He gets open. He, he gets, gets open. Ball. He did. He gets open. He gets open. So it's just me being a hater. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, something happened Friday. I was tired of refreshing Twitter throughout the whole week, being in Chicago every day. I'm on Twitter trying to refresh it, and we got to Friday, and we got some news uh, for Baltimore Ravens fans that we didn't necessarily love. Lamar Jackson turned down the Baltimore Ravens. as being reported by Jamison Hensley from uh, ESPN that he turned down the Baltimore Ravens offer for a contract extension and is now betting on himself this season. On Friday morning, the Ravens announced that they were unable to come to an agreement on a new deal by the quarterback's self-imposed deadline. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read to you Eric DaCosta's statement. Despite the best efforts on both sides, we were unable to reach a contract extension with Lamar Jackson. We greatly appreciate how he has handled this process, and we are excited about our team with Lamar leading the way. We will continue to work towards a long-term contract after the season. But for now, we are looking forward to a successful 2022 campaign. And so, uh, Lamar, uh, similar to what Joe Flacco did in the last year of his rookie contract, uh, he wasn't able to come to an agreement before the start of the season. And he basically bet on himself that uh, he you know, wanted to get the contract that he wanted. And so Jackson, who is one of the few players in the NFL representing himself, has said that he wanted to suspend talk before the talk of, excuse me, suspend talks before the start of the regular season. And on Wednesday, he indicated that Friday would be the cutoff as it was. And it's now expected that both sides, uh, it was not expected that both sides would reach a deal before the start of the season. In March, uh, the Ravens owner, Steve uh, Bashadi, acknowledged that Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed $230 million deal with Cleveland would complicate future negotiation with quarterbacks. And then uh, the gap in guaranteed money between Watson 
and the second highest uh, paid quarterback, Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals, is about $40.5 million. And so thank you, Cleveland, again. I think I thanked you last week for messing this up for all teams. And, um, you know, so here we stand. Uh, Jackson, he's 25. He's going to make $23 million this year uh, with his fifth-year option, but he has no guaranteed money after this season. And so uh, what did you think about this? And uh, did you pretty much feel that this was probably going to be the end result? Uh, yeah. So, you you know, how I felt I've, I've been vocal about this. I, if I were Lamar, I would not have touched anything football for the Baltimore Ravens until my money was straight. Um, that is the downside of not having a real agent. Um, an agent telling you you need to sit out until they pay you because they have no choice at that point. Um, however, if you do that with an agent, you got to give an agent a cut of that money. And with all these people talking about Lamar needs an agent, um, Lamar does not really need an agent because his position is cut and dry. If he was one of those fringe players that, well, we don't quite know if he's good, then that's when you need an agent. Lamar is one of the best quarterbacks in the game. You either pay him or you don't pay him. It's, right. it's really that simple. So he doesn't really need – he just needed someone to tell him to sit down. Lamar and I and you saw, I think you saw my social media post. Lamar is just being too nice. Like Lamar mm -hmm. is honoring – he's being a stand-up guy and honoring his current contract and is going to go out and play under it. But the owners don't do that. That's why I hate when players give in like that. Um, I knew it was going to come to this. Now, the issue is, you know, they're going to franchise him before anything else. Um, and the franchise tag next year is going to garner him a little over $30 million, which isn't a bad payday because it's the average of, I believe. The yeah, I think I saw payment. 40, yeah, 43 million if, if they franchise him. That's what next year. Yeah. Maybe that's the second year. I thought next year would be 30, but either um, way, mm, go ahead. Mm. either way, um, you know, the, the franchise tag is the average of, I believe, what, the top five quarterbacks in the league yeah. or something like that. So he's not he's not going to have a bad payday, but he needs a long-term deal. Um, so this is where I, I put it on Lamar. Like I said, he should have held out. I love my team, but Lamar should have held out because now yeah. he has to get out there and prove something, um, which we don't think he has to do, but he may feel like he has to prove something. He's, of course, risking injury. You know, it just he he should have just sat out. It disappoints me that the deal didn't get done. It disappoints me that he didn't use everything he had in his in his arsenal to get this money. Um, but let's look forward to the season. Let's look forward to health, and I hope he just balls out. That's why I picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl because I think he's going to go like Joe Flacco did. He's going to ball out and force the Ravens to sell the farm on them and we're going to be in cap purgatory and we're going to struggle for a few years, but it's the Ravens fault. You know, at that point it's the Ravens fault. Um, yeah. Uh, he would make 45 million in 2023 if he plays okay. under the exclusive franchise tag. Yeah, so, so yeah. you know, it's not, the franchise tag isn't going to be bad, but he just doesn't have a long-term deal. Right. You long term, know I mean? it's not so, a benefit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Jackson, he has taken more hits, 737, than any other quarterback since 2018. Although he said it was a pretty big risk last season and the year before that. And I'm just playing football. Anything can happen. So, God forbid, the wrong thing happens. Uh, he's proved to be one of the NFL top playmakers and winners over the past four seasons. 
uh, says he's become the Ravens starter midway through the 2018 season. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are 37 and 12, uh, although, and they're two and five without without him. And uh, he's just coming off of one of his most challenging seasons. He threw a career worst 13 interceptions last season, and he missed a career high five games, including the last four because of an ankle injury. But it might be some good comment with this, uh, Calvin, because the last, like we said, the last time a Ravens quarterback did this, it was Joe Flacco on his rookie deal in 2012. Uh, that year, he led the Ravens to a Super Bowl title and then became the highest paid player in the NFL the following offseason. And so also ironic as well, the Ravens play uh, the Jets on Sunday and Flacco will be starting the season as their starting quarterback because of the injury to uh, their starter, Wilson. Some of the um, stats you were reading, uh, people forget, and even though Lamar may have had the highest interception total of his career and all, people forget that the Ravens were holding on to the number one spot in the AFC until December, until Lamar got hurt. The fortune changed right around that Miami game. And then, of course, when Lamar got hurt, we went from a playoff team to not a playoff team. And, you know, but Lamar kept that thing rolling. And, again, it can this, this impact cannot be measured. You know, you hear these people, oh, well, they should just get rid of them. They should trade them. There's going to be so many quarterbacks in the draft next year. Are you kidding me? Right. Is, Are you kidding me? He's a once-in-a-lifetime player. You do hey, not trade once-in-a-lifetime players. Are you kidding me? This guy took a team that Joe Flacco had that you all hated. Right. Let's not forget you all hated Joe Flacco, and the team was not playing well. Joe Flacco lost his job to this young boy who took them from out of the playoffs to the playoffs in that same year, then won a unanimous MVP the following year. Like, are we, what is going on with these, with my Ravens fans? Like, I don't understand. You have the guy. You have the guy. Is he, does he have a big arm? No. no. Is he the most accurate? No. Mm. But the numbers prove, what did you say, 35 and 12 since he's taken over? Yeah, 35 and 12. Are you kidding me? Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? I, I don't understand what's going on with my Ravens fans. You know who wouldn't want that? The guy that was at uh, M&T Bank with the Trace Masorley uh, jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy that doesn't want it. Anyway, I'm not even going you know, get into color and stuff because we, we got yeah, we got white listeners. As well. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, as we uh, Calvin was uh, when we did the NFL preview, he was feeling a little skittish about this Ravens game, and uh, that's a perfect segue <laughs> into talking about uh, this week's matchups. As a matter of fact for uh, the remainder of the season, we're going to do a uh, game pick and all, and I'm going to keep stats of uh, who wins each week and a total, uh, final total of uh, uh, regular season record. And, you know, we're also going to track it during the playoffs as well. And so I cannot believe you are keeping record. See, ever since I beat you in fantasy football last year <laughs> and showed the world during the broadcast, you have been gunning for me. You've probably been waiting for this moment to redeem your NFL status with me. I, I, I don't understand it. The last, the, the last thing we did competitively, you won, and that was the little versus thing. And so 
you know. Where is my championship belt? Let me let me <laughs> right. We're gonna we're gonna post the championship belt, y'all. Some mess. And so starting off uh this week, we got the uh Saints uh playing the uh Falcons at home. And so who do you pick? Oh my god, Saints. <laughs> Saints, all right. Horrible. Yes, I picked the Saints as well. Uh the Niners are going to Chicago, where I just left to pay uh, to play the Bears. Yeah, you left. They so when you left, they lost their offensive lineman. So I'm taking the Niners. <laughs> Steelers are, are going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, give me Bengals. Bengals. I have Bengals as well, and I had Niners for the uh, Bears game. If I didn't say that, uh, the Eagles are traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. Give me the Eagles. All right, I'll take the Eagles as well. Patriots are heading down to South Beach to play. The new look Dolphins. Uh, give me the Tua Tunga Maloas. All right, all right. Both of us are, are going with the Surefires, and so I, I select the Dolphins as well. I think this, uh, yeah, the Patriots never uh, played well in South Beach, uh, even when they had Brady. And to start the season off there, it's going to be hot. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins in this one as well. Uh, the Jaguars are going to D.C. to play the Commanders. Ooh. Mm. Give me Jacksonville. All right. All right. I think you saw my picks. I take Jacksonville as well. <laughs> uh, now, this is probably going to be the big game of the week, uh, although uh, the teams are kind of sucky. Uh, Cleveland is going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Uh, give me give me my guy, Baker and the Panthers. All right. Yeah, uh, he's already been talking stuff. I take the Panthers as well. Revenge game. I, I you know, J- I don't know if Jacoby Brissett is enough, although they have Nick Chubb. That's enough. They have uh, uh, Amari Cooper. That's enough as well. But I think the Baker factor is going to be big for that. Game. And you got a healthy McCaffrey because it's game one. So, yeah, it says, yeah, game one. Healthy. And the Panthers defense is not bad. Y'all sleeping on the Panthers defense. I told you, Panthers might make some noise in the NFC South. All right. They're not beating. They're not beating the Bucks, but the Panthers might uh, contend for a wild card. They might. They might. Uh, the uh, Colts travel to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, Houston has nothing. They do have a young uh, running back, Damian Pierce, that may be good. But give me Matt Ryan and his new team, the Colts, with Jonathan Taylor. All right, I take the Colts as well. Uh, the uh, New York Giants are going to Tennessee to play the Titans. Mm, the talk about a terrible game because the Titans are awful, but I'm taking the Titans because the Giants are even worse. <laughs> yeah, I take the Titans. Uh, 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 yeah, the, the, the Giants are. They got uh, what's the quarterback? What's his name? The quarterback Jones. Daniel got, Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, Danny Dimes. That's what I was looking for the nickname. So. But uh, we don't even have phone booths anymore, and so uh, I don't know if he's dropping it, where he's dropping it down. Uh, the Chiefs travel to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. Ooh, all right. That's a, we deviate on this one, and so I take the Chiefs on the road. Uh, the Raiders, they head to uh, Los Angeles to play the Chargers. So this game may end in a score of 65 to 63. Yes. Give me the Chargers. Chargers. Right. The Chargers. I take the Chargers as well. Uh, the Buccaneers. Uh, this is the Sunday night game. Uh, they head to Dallas to play the Cowboys. 
guess what? Cowboys are going to beat the Bucks. Ooh, all right. I take the Bucks. And let's go with the home team, Ravens. They travel up to uh, the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Man, it is CJ Mosley's revenge game. It is Joe Flacco. Yeah, I forgot all about CJ Mosley. Yeah, man, Joe Flacco's revenge game. It is in New York or 9 11, opening game of the season. Yeah. Oh, man, they may have a flyover. You know, the, the fire department, the police department, they all going to be there hollering. We remember that Joe going to be like, we remember. And then the Jets are going to lose 35 to 10. All right. To the Ravens. You're saying 35 to 10. Uh, I think it might be maybe 24, 17, maybe a little You think closer. it's going to be that close? I, I mean, they're going to get a trash touchdown. I mean, I don't think the score is going to be indicative of how the Ravens are probably going to dominate. But, um, you know, I, we although the Ravens are coming back, they're getting a lot of players back, and this is the start of the revenge tour. I just want to see how the offensive line functions. I, I don't know if Stanley is actually going to start. Dobbins is coming back. How's that running back rotation going to look? How are the corners going to look? Um, and so there's a lot of what ifs, but I think, you know, the Ravens got enough to go ahead and win that game. Um, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily, like you said, I think those things of uh, 9-11, flyover, New York, Flacco, Factor, um, you know, makes it a little closer, but it's not going to be a nail biter. I'm, when I'm the not... when the Jets first come out, their first drive, they're going to get the hype. But as soon as Lamar scores that second touchdown, whether it's in the air with his legs, and he looks at the camera and says, uh, "Pay me, Mister Bashadi." Right? Once he does that. It's over. <laughs> the, the Ravens are great. I got the okay. Ravens. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'm probably taking the over. You know what? Let me go down to the casino and bet on the over for the Ravens this week. Head on down to the shoe, baby. And the Monday night game, another one that's kind of big, too. Uh, Broncos, they go to Seattle, and so your boy let Russ, Russ cook. Russell Wilson is going back to his uh, home franchise, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that's a Monday night game. Who you picking? Russell Williams is going to shut the 12th man down because mm -hmm. Russ and the Broncos are winning. I told you I got the Broncos with a wild card this year. All Broncos right. winning Seattle. I mean, that's not even a that's not even a a, a different pick because Seattle is horrible. Yes, they are. They're and so bad. I picked the Broncos as well. And so let me run through these quickly once again. And so uh, Saints versus Val uh, Falcons. We both picked the Saints. 49ers versus the Bears. We both picked the Niners. Uh, Steelers versus the Bengals. We both selected the Bengals. Eagles versus the Lions. We both take the Eagles. Patriots versus the Dolphins. We both took the Dolphins. Jaguars versus the Commanders. We both took the Jaguars. Uh, Browns versus Panthers. We both took Panthers. Colts versus Texans. We both took the Colts. Giants versus the Titans. We both took the Titans. And this is where we differ. Chiefs versus Cardinals. Calvin selected the Cardinals. I took the Chiefs. Raiders versus Chargers. We both took Chargers. Buccaneers versus Cowboys. Calvin took the Cowboys. I took the Buccaneers. Ravens versus the Jets. We both selected the Ravens. And Broncos versus Seahawks. We both took the Broncos. And so tune in next week to see where we landed with our picks. And now we come to 
the part of the show that everyone loves. Come on, yo. So you got to come on, yo, for us, Cal? Yeah, man, I got to come on, yo. So um, I accidentally cut on Prime TV for the game um, the other day, Thursday, because uh, the games are going to Prime TV, but the, this game, or Prime Video, rather, but this game mm -hmm. actually was on NBC. But um, when I saw Prime TV, when they, when they start airing the Thursday night games, you'll be able to stop, pause, and play without paying extra money. Um, if oh, we, wow. Yeah, if you notice that the NFL is starting to um, get into more of the streaming services, uh, they, they started with Prime TV a few years ago, but now more games are going to be on Prime TV. So these are big deals that the NFL garners. And, you know, everywhere you look, it's always football. Sports talk is football throughout the year. Um, like they always say, this is the greatest time of the year. And this is all money, billions and billions of dollars going to these owners. And, you know, like I always say, stop being on the side of the owners. You are not a billionaire. When these players are vying for that, are vying for their money, I wish these ordinary citizens would stop with the stuff like, "Well, they're asking for too much money. Uh, why do you don't deserve that much money?" It is what the market can bear. Deshaun Watson signed for big money, and it may be a bad deal for Cleveland, but it's not a bad deal for Deshaun, and it's not a bad deal for anyone coming behind him. The market can bear, and yeah, it may hurt your team. But if you're at your job and the guy next to you doing the same job, but even worse, makes $50 an hour and you're coming in right now at $20 an hour. So what are you going to do? You're going to be like, well, you don't have to give me 50. Maybe you should just give me $30 an hour. I just want a little more money. No, you're going to want 50 at least, but probably 55. Stop telling these players or stop because you can't tell them stop going on social media, acting like you are the voice of reason. They should not be asking for so much money. We live in a capitalist society and it's okay for everyone else to make money but athletes because you think they already make too much money now. And they do. But so what? It's right. what the market bears. If the market bears that much money, they should get that much money. You are all on the side of these owners that make billions of dollars that don't give a damn about you or people like you. They only care about themselves, especially minorities that do this because there is one minority owner in football and that is Shah Khan and the Jaguars. And he doesn't even act like he's a minority owner. They always block these minority owners, these minority owners that become majority owners. So we have some minority owners now that are, the minority owner, and I hope everyone understands what I'm saying, the majority owner is the one that actually makes the decision. The minority owners are the ones that are part of the group. So we have some minority owners that are Black, Black women that are in the minority owner of their organization, like in the Raiders and the Broncos. Our Condoleezza Rice is one also. Um, right. She's a minority owner of the team. Um, but stop being on the side of these billionaires that don't care about you or your kind. Be on the side of the people that you relate to, these young boys that have been struggling to take care of their families all their lives and now have an opportunity to begin generational wealth for their family. Stop being a part of their, stop being on their side. Stop siding with these owners. The money is there. The only thing that stops it is the salary cap. But if the salary cap can bear, these guys need to get their money. 
Lamar, get your money. I would still sit out. <laughs> Fantastic. When I uh my my come oh, on. Wait, 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 I forgot, mm-hmm. I forgot. Come on, y'all. What y'all doing? <laughs> All right, my bad. My come on, yo, is this. Can we find better announcers for games? <laughs> come on, yo. Come on, ESPN and NBC and ABC and CB. Can we get better announcers? Because I, I'm, I'm tired of like the, in particular, the coded language that's used when we're talking about a white player versus a black player. We just hear it all the time. Now, on Thursday night's game, I I thought Mike Tirico and Chris Collins were were going to lose their minds over Josh Allen. Oh, he's stiff-armed. That's a big boy. He's just running through. But when Lamar did it, or does it, Lamar, he's just... He needs to be more careful. Lamar, you know, he's a running back. Lamar, he he doesn't take too much time back there before he puts his legs to work. But for Josh Allen, oh, he's gutsy. He's a gamer. He's just, he's using his body. Come on, yo. Let's stop with that. It's 2022 now, okay? We need to stop. It's the same way with the tennis match when uh, Serena was playing. I mean, Chris Everett, I, I don't think she likes Serena Williams. I, or Coco Goff. Every, everything was a mistake for them. But, you know, for the other player, it was like, oh, my God, she's her ground strokes are so great. Oh, but Coco, oh, she's just off of athleticism. Come on now. Come on, yo. Let's stop with this. We got to stop with this coded language. We got to start with these announcers that are just plain terrible. A lot of times I just turn down the the, the sound and I turn on some music or something. I, I, I'm not even trying to get the commentary or insider or the color commentary or the play by play because uh, they're not saying anything. And, and, and so uh, come on, yo, uh, if you want some real good announcement, come get your boys right here. Come get Calvin and Garland to come do a game. We can do it. We do the game right. We would have to be like on a on an uncut announcer because I'd be like, "What the fuck are they doing?" <laughs> like, you know, you know how they do the Manning Brothers on ESPN two yeah, for the Monday night games. Yeah. They could put us on BET Plus for I, some I would of the games. You would literally, if you had me commentating the Ravens game, you would literally hear me say, "Harbor, what the fuck? Do you see how much time is left?" Plus, if you out there listening, <laughs> y'all want to do a, a special commentary on some games, come, come get come get your boys. All right, so come on, yo. Let's stop with this craziness. I, I, I need better announcers. I need people that are fair and balanced. I, I need people that are not looking at the game through a colored lens. And so, I mean, but how can you slam the Italian mic? <laughs> and Fluffer Collinsworth, Brady Fluffer Collinsworth, Italian Mike. I mean, he ain't a real brother, so you know, as Gary Sheffield would say, and so he ain't a real brother. <laughs> yeah. Hey yeah. man, now there's one part of, of this that you and I differ. 
I like Tony Romo as a commentator. You do not like Tony Romo. I don't. I like. I don't. I like Tony Romo for one reason. Romo, they will get in. Let's say it'll be the end of the second down play. Tony Romo will literally holler before they get in the huddle. Oh, it's third and 15. They're, they're probably going to run a draw. And you'll be like, on 15, they're not going to run no draw. And they run the damn draw. Tony knows the plays, man. I like Tony uh, Romo. I even like him. Calvin, a broken clock is 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 right at least <laughs> once or twice a day. I forget what the saying is. And so twice a day. Twice, <laughs> twice a day. day. All right. So a broken Tony clock Romo is is, is right. right twice a day. Tony Romo is right a lot of times. Tony Romo sees penalties that we don't see. There's a flag thrown. Tony Romo be like, Oh yeah, he he was he was clipping or whatever it is. And we'd be looking like what and they show the replay and they show it. You'd be like, hey, yo, I like Tony Romo. I like Tony. Calvin the game. Calvin is fanboying Tony Romo, <laughs> y'all. He's fanboying Tony Romo. I said, all right, bro, I'm, you I'm go ahead. Fanboying Tony Romo as a commentator, not right. as a player. Not as a player. I'll take I Troy Aikman before I take Tony Romo. Who? Uh, Troy Aikman. Uh, Troy Aikman is only good because he's usually on with Joe Buck. And Joe Buck is pretty good. That's the only reason. Troy Aikman's good. Troy Aikman is like listening to paint dry. And you can't even hear that. I'll take Iron Eagle and Dan Fouts before I take Tony Romo. I like I like I like Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle yeah, does a lot Iron of the AFC nice. games, so we get him a lot. I like yeah, Iron Eagle. Yeah, I like yeah. Iron Eagle. <laughs> hey, you so you so wrong. Anyway, anyway, everybody, this is the uh, sports podcast, and we definitely thank you all for joining us. And we will be back on our broadcast on Monday, and we're yes. actually going to do the first episode of Queen Sugar, which aired last Tuesday, but we're going to get you ready for Queen Sugar along with doing C- um, episode five of Raising Canaan in the broadcast. So definitely join us Monday for that. Um, I'll be coming off the golf course. Garland, you know, me and Garland going to show me some swings today because I have me and the wife have a golf tournament that we are in on Monday. That's right. That's I'm right. We're charming, y'all. We, we, about to, we about to get into the live Cause you know we seen all that money. I'm like, you know how I feel about PBA. So I'm waiting for Liv to come get me. So you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be back next week with the yes. podcast. But I might be somewhere in the Middle East with my Liv tournament. You know, cause <laughs> be that good. Ain't gonna but... be no beer there. <laughs> hey man, I drink wine. I drink wine. Ain't gonna be no alcohol there. None whatsoever. None. How long is the tournament? <laughs> I go sober for a couple of days. All right, get over there. I'll be t- we be talking about you like we talking about Brittany Griner. All right, <laughs> hey man. But if Liv doesn't come and get me, I will be back next weekend for another Fanboys podcast. But in the meantime, all things Black presents Fanboys. I'm Calvin. That guy over there. Is Garland, and we will talk to you all later. All right, guys, have a good one. Peace, you too, bro. You have been listening to Fanboys, an All Things Black with Garland and Calvin production. Thank you for listening, and make sure to rate and review this episode on all of your podcast platforms.